right. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Eric Lang Show, everybody. Happy Monday morning. Monday is my favorite day of the week by far. Something about Mondays, you know? I don't know. There's just something about them. You got this. Oh, it, Monday is like a tea box, if you will, right? Everything is possible. Um, you know, you've got things planned and there's opportunities ahead. Who knows what the week will hold? Hopefully not a cell phone ticket or bubble gum on your shoe. Hopefully it's more like uh, a dream that you had that comes true. Um, fantastic. I'm sort of distracted because I'm in my office for the first time in a month. It has been a long three weeks that flew by faster than a couple days. I, um, I'm so happy to be home. I took the weekend and did, let's see, what did I do? Absolutely nothing. Literally slept till noon. Oh, slept till noon, stayed up until 1 a.m. and slept until noon. I started getting into Wormwood, you know, this uh, Netflix show. So my girlfriend uh, worked on that show. And right around the time when we first met, oh, I have a visitor. How you doing, buddy? You want to sit on my lap? Come on. Come on. You want to sit on my lap? Come on. Oh, yeah. Anything you want to say to the microphone here? Snowball has nothing to say. Snowball doesn't smell the best he's ever smelled, but he looks real good. I'm going to give him a real high and tight haircut in honor of the military, the men and women that we met in Oahu. We're going to give him a a real uh, flat top military cut. (laughs) He is the funniest dog ever. It takes him a day or two to get back into the routine to be sure that I'm not leaving again, you know? I'm pretty sure he has some pretty severe separation anxiety because it doesn't he doesn't like howl or anything like that. It's just like he uh he gets like kind of passive aggressive when I leave. I mean, you know, supposedly he's ten years old. You're a bit heavy, dude. Have you been hitting the paleo cookies while I've been gone? You're a bit of a you're a bit of a big guy. For such a small package. Hey oh, not that small. Okay. Uh <laughs> anyway. The the trip is over, and with that comes for me typically a feeling of uh, emptiness, yeah, basically depression, sadness, you know. And now I've gotten used to it, so now I just I don't ascribe ascribe that's not a word. I don't um, assign any meaning to it, you know. I know that I've been gone. It's been a roller coaster. It's been an, a, a time filled with challenge, triumph, uh, a feeling of deep connection with uh, the team, um, things of great beauty. Um, he's sniffing the mic now. That's him. Lick your lips. <laughs> I think he's hungry. Um, you know, it's this, it's this odyssey of, of like incredible experience, you know, and my, and my findings time and time again, are that when I get home, I just can't be fucked. You know what I mean? Here, don't jump, don't jump. You're so old. He's trying to jump down, but he doesn't know that he can't. I think he'll break his hips or something. He's so tiny. You're like, you're like a large Maxbox car, Matchbox car. So anyway, yeah, I get back, and it's just, it's just a real feeling of like, 
I mean, it's kind of like, imagine you're at the craps table and you're winning, 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 winning. And then it feels so good. And you're with all these people and you're all winning and you're all celebrating. And then you walk away and you're excited and this is great. And then at some point, at least for me, inevitably, there's a period of, oh, I want to go back to the craps table. (laughs) Maybe that's just because I'm like a, have an addictive personality. That's a fact. That is a fact and a half. So anyway, I just took the weekend to chill. I started watching Wormwood. And um, this show is pretty fucking sinister. I don't know. Um, but um, Oahu was amazing. It was really fun. It's uh, I've been there a couple times. And, you know, it's 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 kind of the most populated Hawaiian island. So you've got, I think... Uh, like 800,000 people in uh, Honolulu, Waikiki area. And then everybody else is scattered around. Um, so what we filmed was we did we did one of the episodes there for Adventures in Golf was the military, the, uh, the VGA, the Veteran Golfers Association. And I talked about that last week. The one that, and then, and then after we shot that, which was amazing. I mean, it, it, some of the interviews we capture are some of the best interviews I've ever been a part of. Um, just so real. I, I think it really is going to be our best episode, but I know I keep saying that. So it probably means less and less every time I say it. I think it's going to be the best season for sure. That's, that's, I can say that. Um, so then we went to Kahuku, which is this sort of, um, the little muni that could on the North shore, it's nine holes, no architect to, uh, take credit and it's on the water. It's, you know, I don't know how many acres, a lot, more than 10, less than a hundred. I'm going to guess 80, 75. And it's just a stunning piece of property that has withstood the test of time and maintained its service to the community and not sold out, right? Like Hawaii, kind of the big thing in Hawaii is like everything's going to sell out. And actually in golf in general, you know what I mean? Like most, most of the discussion around golf growing or shrinking is, is really just a business discussion. It's a board room. It's a board meeting. Really golf is shrinking. Well, I had one interesting discussion at the masters talking to one of the writers in this big writer's room. And he said, I want tiger to win. And I said, but you don't seem like a tiger fan. He said, I'm not, but if tiger wins, I make more money. And I thought about that and I was like, wow, that's probably really true. I I guess I also want tiger to win. Now, I mean, I, I know that early on in this podcast, I did say I had I had an opinion about Tiger. And, you know, I, I think I think if you know anything about me, if I know anything about myself, it's that I'm bound to uh, backtrack, backpedal and maybe back channel. I don't know. I don't even know what back channeling is, but uh, it's on a lot of shows that I watch. Uh, you know, it was on that show with uh, unnamed uh, actor uh guy creeper guy um who was great in the usual suspects r.i.p um so then kahuku was great it was super fun like the the clubhouse has got peeling paint the guy that works there is named joe and he's a legend then he let us film there and i wasn't sure if we were even allowed to film you know most episodes we have a ton of prep a ton of planning and everyone knows a long time before that we're coming and that we're going to shoot and here's the schedule. I mean, there was within there, 
within that, there is room for um, all sorts of, you know, other ways of, you know, interpreting how the, um, the, the, the shoot schedule and the creative of it is going to go, you know, because it is a documentary, we're following a story, but there's a lot of it that we can nail down in advance. But with Kahuku, I literally called and I was like, can we film there? And he was like, I don't see why not. And I was like, um, okay, that's good enough for me, whatever. So, but anyway, we go there and, um, you know, we were going to go early in the morning and we were just so tired. Like it had just been, you know, 18 days straight of whatever, red eyes, driving 600 miles, shooting in the hot desert sun, um, partying in Sydney, whatever, you know, just, just full on experience. You know, you know, one of the things that we get caught in on these travel jobs is it's like, all right, we got a day off. What do you want to do? Well, let's get up at six and ride our bikes around town. And then let's go play 18 holes walking. And then after that, let's go to this cool coffee shop. Oh, and then after that, I wanted to go check out this one uh, little spot to get falafel. And then, oh, wow. Oh, random. This guy just said, let's meet him here. Okay, let's go there. Great. Oh, wow. Let's go meet these other people there. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's totally go listen to some jazz. Oh, and you know what? I learned something last May. May 2017, I learned a very important lesson in my life when we were in Thailand which was, I try, to, I try to take this to heart in whatever meaning it can fashion itself in, which is don't wait to start dancing, right? Because, you know, I don't drink. So if I'm at a bar or a nightclub or anything like that, like by all means, I should be the last person to start dancing because I'm not drunk. And when we were in Thailand, I remember that uh, we were at some, some like small, tiny tiki bar, you know? And I remember the experience between, you know, getting to the bar and hanging out, then realizing that dancing was on the table and then thinking about dancing and deciding when I was going to do it. And then finally dancing. And, you know, to be honest, like dancing is fucking awkward. Like it's the dumbest thing ever, especially if you're just like a normal dude. Like you're not a good dancer, Eric. So why would you be the first one to go up and dance? And oh, what is that noise? Probably my toilet bowl. I just TMI. Never mind. Moving on. Who, what is that unknown noise? Snowball? Oh, he turned it off. Good. Thank you, Snowball. Um, y- yeah. So it's like so it's like there's this like whole gap in between the decision to actually dance and and you know mostly it's self consciousness for any like. So we uh, so anyway this one night like when we finally decided to start dancing when I finally was like yeah fuck I'm just gonna go dance like the whole place caught on fire, you know, like not literally, but like figuratively, like it, all of a sudden, like, and I think nothing really changed on the outside, but for me, something changed on the inside of like, oh, wow, like I'm in the stream of life right now. Like this is actually happening and I'm taking part. And uh, the, I think in general, the more that I let go of my self image and self uh, criticism and whatever self, anything image, you know, I think the more like opportunity arises for, you know, direct connection, um, deep moments of, of being right. And so anyway, I learned that in May of 2017 when we were in Thailand and I was like, all right, from now on, Eric, always dance sooner. And, um, so one of the reasons why we were so tired is because in Sydney, we went out to some jazz bar and I was just like, fuck, I'm going to dance. Like two people are dancing. I'm going. And the first 15 minutes suck. They suck balls. They're just like the most awkward moments of your entire life. But once you get past that, 
once I get past that, then it's like, this is rad. And it was. And you could tell that the jazz band was digging it. Like all of a sudden, you know, by the end, everybody was dancing and they were like, one more song. Although it was an Australian, there was an Australian accent. So, um, so I don't know how I got there, but, but, oh, we're exhausted, right? So we go to Kahuku and it's late because we couldn't, we just couldn't be fucked. We got up at, I think we said, let's get up at six and we'll go there around, uh, we'll, we'll leave around 6.30 and then it'll be like nice lighting. And like, we all got up at six and we were just at the dining room table, like in this Airbnb and we were all just like, can't do it, can't do it. Literally like 12 cups of coffee later, we finally left the house at like one that said, that morning we took care of some editing and we organized some gear and we started planning. You know, we had to plan our next trip, which is going to be insane. Let's see. Today is, uh, what is it, Monday? Memorial Day, right? It's the 28th. And so we have one, two and a half weeks in L.A. Um, and, uh, fuck, I can't. How do I start talking about that? Where are we? What planet are we on? So, um, so we 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 show up to the course, and the head, the guy Joe, the pro there, is like, "Oh, you're just in time." There's a regular group of eight guys who who play every day at two thirty, and we'd already interviewed Joe, and we started to get comfortable there. So, so this group of guys comes, and I don't think this will make it into the episode, so I'll tell you the story. But we were like, uh, like all the guys showed up, and they're all like old, kind of, um, you know transplants to Hawaii like surfer guys and I you know I I have the difficult job the hardest part of my job is convincing people to be a part of the show really you know um who otherwise probably wouldn't want to be and I think that's probably one of the things I'm best at is sort of getting people who really don't want to be on camera to be on camera despite that um so maybe I should have been a uh, manager or a lawyer or something or an agent um (laughs) convincing people to do stuff they don't want to do so i get so i so i go up to this group of guys and you know they're not looking the friendliest i'll be honest that then again i'm standing there with my hawaiian shirt and a camera crew i said hey guys uh joe said you're going out to play mind if i join and i was like a moment of silence and then one of them was like well you can come but you can't film and i was like ah well i have to film because that's the only reason i'm here so is there any way I can come and film? <laughs> and basically one person said yes. And his name was Bart and he was a legend. And Bart was like, yeah, man, it'll be fun. Come on, let's play. It'll be great. Yeah, we'll have a good time. I was like, cool. Well, like, I don't want to keep you from your normal game. And he's like, no, nah, we'll get some people to join. And, you know, lo and behold, no one joined. But um, it was me and Bart and we played Kahuku and it was fucking rad. And I was reminded of... The whole, uh, mm-hmm. that's a liter of water right there. Um, I was reminded of the whole like lone wolf thing that, that I was kind of was talking about last week. And, and I got a couple messages about that and I wanted to address it. Um, <clears throat> someone's, someone's, let's see, I'll find the actual message here. Do 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 do. How's the drive going? You cruising? You cruising? Are you, in, are you left lane lurking? What are you doing? Put it on cruise control. Um, Eric, I got a question for the podcast. Your lone wolf comment made me think about it. While I have a bunch of friends who play golf, they don't share the same passion for it. 
So in a sense, I feel like a lone wolf. How do you find that group that wants to go to band and stream song or Tara Edie or go and play Goat Hill with dogs <laughs> or walk the course over riding the cart? Find your own group. Do we need a platform or website where we can all connect? Um, so that's rad. Uh, thank you for sending that. You know, I, I, I wonder that same question too. And I wondered that question for a long time. Luckily enough, <clears throat> the, 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 the presence for me of adventures in golf and this podcast and, you know, whatever I kind of use the Instagram account to like connect with the world that has definitely afforded me the ability to like, I guess, like connect with and unite with people around a similar mindset of golf. And, you know, this is something I'm really thinking about, like, like how do we do that for, you know, everybody else. Right. And so that's definitely, I want you to know that that's something that I'm actively working on when I'm home in LA or when I'm like sleeping in the RV, you know, thinking about how, how can we make this work to serve all of us really. And, you know, like it's so, it's so funny to go even within the show itself to go out to a destination that I've chosen based on what I would imagine would be its inclusiveness and it's sort of blue collar. Every man plays golf. Every woman plays golf. We all love it. It's public. This property is for us, right? You know, this is, this is this, this piece of land that has holes on it is designed for you. Right. And there's literally zero exclusivity in it. And that said, even still, I find sometimes, we have problems uh, getting past the opening introduction. Granted, I'm holding, you know, I have cameras and shit like that, which doesn't make it any easier. But to even see that that can go beyond that, right? And and that people can still say, no, nah, you know what? This will be fun. And so the idea of walking up to the first tee and saying this will be fun, I think is actually a pretty radical idea and something that we need to really uh, hold fast to. Like Langston Hughes said, hold fast to dreams. What what was that poem? We had to read it in school. Um, I wanted to share a little top travel tip. I um, I got on the plane home from Oahu, and I uh, I sit down in my seat and like, and I was ready to sleep the entire flight because I was drugged. You know, I can't uh, I can't do those flights over water without some significant drugs. Um, cause it's terrifying. Like if you're not afraid, you're not aware there's some, there's, there is a power going on that I am not aware of. I do not understand on the plane the, how does it take off? How does it take off? How does that plane hundred tons more? How does it do it? Everything works perfectly every time. How, how, how does everything work perfectly every time? Yeah. So clearly I'm a producer and I see, I try to plan for all the mistakes, right? And so flying, just one big mistake. So anyway, I'm drugged to the bejesus belt. And um, <laughs> and I get on the plane and there's like a kid like wailing right behind me, like like just crying out bloody murder. And um, But I found out something really cool. I A few years ago when I was in Melbourne, I was in the airport and... Uh, that I stopped off at the headphone store because I needed like a, uh, some type of, I can't remember, like a, like a cable or like a charger or something like that. So I popped in and the guy, obviously sensing that I was a bit of a pushover, said, do you need new headphones? And I was like, no, I got my, I got my Apple headphones. And he was like, those are shit. And I was like, oh, well, that's a good, 
that's a, that's probably a pretty good selling tactic, uh, sort of role reversal. And he pointed out these Bose noise canceling headphones. And I was like, dude, those are $300. Like I'm going to lose those in two seconds. He's like, no, no, you'll take care of them. You'll cherish them. You'll have them for the rest of your life. <laughs> I tried them on and I was like, look, thanks for no thanks. I'll just take the cable. And I listened anyway, I listened to a song on them. Like, I think I connected them to my phone and I listened to like some, some song, some like really loud song. I can't remember. It was like uh Sean Mendez, you know, anyone like Sean Mendez out there. Look, my music tastes are not on the table for discussion. All right. Someone commented like on the, my music choice once. And I was just like, well, unless you have something positive to say, like, well, why do I care? Why would I ever want to hear that? You don't like that song. Cause I just don't care. Do I look like I care? The truth is I do, but, uh, I don't really. So listen to Shawn Mendes, that song stitches, you know, I'll be running stitches. Anyway. And it's a fucking great song and it's really loud and he's got a great voice and there's like guitar and so then I go to the gate and I, and I play it on my iPhone headphones, which I did find out at that moment were shitty. And I just, I listened to like 12 seconds of the song and I just got up and went back to the store and I was like, you were right. So I bought the headphones and of all the things that I've bought in my life, uh, sunglasses, golf clubs, computers, cell phones, um, trips, uh, those headphones are the best thing I've ever bought in my entire life. And this is not like, no one's paying me for this bullshit right now. I'm just literally any noise canceling headphone. It doesn't have to be Bose, but the over ear, I'm actually using them right now as I talk to you. Um, so, so the, the, it's like a pretty extravagant purchase for me. Like I would never really buy nice, nice stuff kind of like that at the time. And now all I do is buy nice shit. Now, now I just buy less stuff, but the stuff I do buy, I like to really get nice. Like cl- clothing is something I really like to buy because it's like the it's like the art. It's like an art form, you know. So anyway, I bought these headphones, and I've never looked back. I love them, um, you know, more than some humans. You know, these head- <laughs> these headphones are incredible. I, I'm not getting paid. And I'm, you know, I don't do anything like I would never talk about a product, but here's the coolest thing is I get on the plane with the crying kid, uh, a year and a half later. And what I do is cause like I'm still hearing the kid through my noise canceling headphones and I'm playing music loud. I'm listening to like NWA as loud as possible. It's good music to go to sleep to. Um, and so what I do is I take an earplug that I use to go to sleep cause I sleep with earplugs. I don't know why, because I don't want to wake up when I'm not ready to. So I put the earplugs in, then I put the noise canceling headphones back on. And basically my eardrums are like Fort Knox. I can't hear shit. (laughs) I literally can't hear anything. So the kid's crying for hours and I just was asleep. Like I was a baby. She was like, anyway, so then like two hours later, I get up and go to the bathroom and the guy gets up and. He taps me on the shoulder. I still have the earplugs in and the headphones on. And he taps me on the shoulder and he goes, I'm really sorry. And I was like, for what? I was also really high. Like just, you know, on sleeping pills. And he goes, he goes, for my, for my, the crying. And I pulled my headphone off. I pointed to the earplug and I was like, buddy, I can't hear anything. And he smiled very relieved. And I thought about it. And I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? For me to get on a plane and be upset about a child crying, that's on me. That's my problem. I need to show up prepared. It would be like being upset when you go to Waterville, Ireland, that it rained. Imagine a plane with no babies crying. 
I don't know if that's in the majority. I'm pretty sure that the plane with no kids crying is in the minority. So top travel tip. I just found it out. I'm very, I was, I felt so, I I don't think I've ever felt that proud of myself in that moment. Um, which says a lot or maybe a little, um, my Twitter got hacked. That was fun. I don't even use Twitter really, but it got hacked. So, you know, I, I sort of finally was like, you know, cause I, I used to always think like, Oh, the hacking thing is such BS. They say they got hacked and really they're just covering their tracks, but I got hacked and, um, but we're back, we're back online. So if you're one of the uh, six people that follow me on Twitter, mom, dad, brother, sister, and nephews, um, it's me again that we're back. Um, so yeah, we got, uh, I got two weeks, two and a half weeks in LA and I don't know if you could tell, but when I was gone over the last couple of weeks, uh, we, we kind of bank up a lot of interviews for the podcast. So, you know, I try to do it like Monday is just like a check-in and that's like live pretty much wherever I am. Um, sometimes it's harder than others because of the internet or the whatever timing. And then Thursdays, we try to do the actual interviews. Sip of water break. This break brought to you by water. I just found out you're not supposed to chug water, which was like my life flashed before my eyes. I've been chugging water since I was like, you know, able to chug. Chug. Chugging means different things in different cultures. Anyone? Anyone out there from the UK? Chugging. Um... (laughs) You know what's fun is Urban Dictionary. Have you ever done Urban Dictionary? You just type in all sorts of shit into Urban Dictionary. Type in your own name. It'll be really funny. Um, so anyway, we, two and a half weeks, we had a lot of great guests. I'm, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know who's going to be on. This list could also change. I'm sure that everyone could very likely cancel, um, which would be uh, par for the course, I guess. So we got... Um, I also don't know the order that these are going to come, come out, but I think... I'll tell you who's coming, and if you have any ideas of things you want to talk about or questions for any of these people, let me know. Uh, so we got Richard Schiff. Richard and I, uh, I didn't set this interview up. Jeff did, actually, and I don't know if Richard knows that we played golf together already. So that might, I might do a little shocker, a little shock con when... <laughs> Toby, I don't know if he knows that we play golf together, so that'll be really funny. Um, Ron Shelton, who directed many films that you have probably seen, including but not limited to White Men Cannot Jump and Tin Cup. So give Tin Cup another watch and come up with some questions for that one. I'm excited. Dave Annable. Dave Annable is, uh, he's on the new series Yellowstone, and he was also on Brothers and Sisters for a long time. Um... Dave and I are not friends yet, but he and I have a lot of friends in common, and apparently we're the same person, so that's exciting. Can't wait to meet you, Dave, and talk golf and Hollywood. Rob Morrow. Rob Morrow uh, is an actor in Los Angeles, and he was on one of my favorite shows as a kid, and let's see how old you are if you remember the show Northern Exposure. Booyah! And he's also on Numbers. Uh, Anna Rawson, LPGA golfer and model. Anna, I found out doing my research, was actually born in Adelaide, Australia, where my best friend is from, uh, Stuart. And uh, Dana Dahlquist, who for a long time was my swing coach, uh, still is. Uh, I think we're not estranged yet. I just don't take as many lessons because I'm lazy. Um, 
he's Charles Howell's uh, coach and a few others, and he's a legend. Actually, that brings me to a question. Somebody had a question about whether or not I take lessons. A couple questions. Uh, oh, yeah. So there's a couple questions. So what, what, uh, why, it's, someone said, it seems like I do not play with a full set of clubs. <laughs> and that is not a metaphor for uh, the way I think. I actually do not play with a full set of clubs. And that was kind of inspired by Akbar of Seamus Golf. He, um, you know, he's all about the persimmons and the half set. And he's got like a blade in there. I mean, it, his golf bag is like, uh, you know, his golf bag is like a, is like a brain tweet teaser. You know, like you look at his golf bag and you feel like you're taking an insane test for the military. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, what is the phrase? A rolling stone gathers no moss means. How many bubbles are in a bar of soap? Interestingly, uh, they touch on this in Wormwood. Call back. Wormwood. Get on it, folks. Uh, I'm a big Errol Morris fan. I always have been as a documentarian. I did get to meet him once, and I found him to be very rude. But that's beside the point. Don't meet your heroes, folks. Just kidding. Always do that and do the research yourself. Get to the bottom of it. Oh, speaking of heroes, I've got this crazy Tiger Woods story I've been meaning to tell for so long. Also, I've only had a cup and a half of coffee today, so imagine that. So it was one of my first events I was ever at. We were, uh, what was that? It was at uh, TBC Scottsdale. It was my first time at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Get on it, right? I was in there, and I basically was. Um, what were we doing? We were like, I think we were getting ready to launch Adventures in Golf. I think it was before Adventures in Golf had ever come out. This was a while ago, and. We were there shooting like some promo stuff or I can't remember. My, my memory is, you know, not intact. It's actually very unintact. It's not even tactful. It's just totally tactless. The things I remember are just useless. Um, so we're in Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale, and I make my way. I, I basically just like run around like no, um, no, uh, what is it? No holds barred? Was that what I did? <laughs> I just did whatever the fuck I wanted, and everyone seemed to be okay with it. So I was running around, uh, and I and I walked down to the middle of the driving range where they had this little tent, where I saw that the cart, uh, the the driving range cart, was delivering balls to, and I wanted to see what that process was like because you know here we've got some of the best golf balls in all the world being hit by the best golfers in all the world, and how do they clean them and sort them out and get them back? And I, actually, I realized I could get in a lot of trouble for telling this story, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I don't think I'm going to get in trouble. It's so far, it's anecdotal. There's no proof. Also, the heat has all died down. So I'm in this little tent in the, in, in the middle of the driving range. And I'm in there with like two kids, you know, like two six-year-olds or whatever. Maybe they weren't six, maybe they're a little older. But they're organizing the balls. And they put them through the ball washer. And it's like a high-end, nicer ball washer. And then they come out, and literally one person has to sort them all out by hand. Callaway, Callaway, whatever, Callaway 2, Callaway 3, Nike, Nike 2, Nike 3, whatever they are, right? Titleist, Titleist probably 1X, Titleist 392, um, you know, and uh, Bridgestone, whatever, Srixon, you know, um, Top Flight. <laughs> no one's hitting Top Flights. That would be amazing if somebody was. I would like to give them a lot of credit and uh, probably... Probably a lot of money too. I wouldn't give them money, but somebody would. 
anywho, I'm learning all about this process, about how they organize all the balls. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these little milk crates filled with golf balls. Mm. Water. I'm loving, loving water. I probably should make a coffee. No, no coffee. No coffee necessary. The cookies are upstairs, but I'll spare you that one. I'm a little cookied out, to be honest with you. I got home and I baked a bunch of cookies and I popped a bunch of popcorn. And I really haven't eaten anything of nutritional value since I've been back in America. Surprisingly, I feel fine, except for a consistent ringing headache. I'm kidding. No, I'm fine. I eat pretty healthy, actually. Kale, yams, rice, salmon, you know, just like they did back in the old days. So anyway, I'm in this... (laughs) (laughs) Snowball, get me on track. Where are you? Where are you, buddy? I need your help. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, you are on one, sir. I'm going to let you go. So I look down. I see a bunch of bins. And then I see a small bin. All the other bins are about three-quarter full, and they're pretty obviously marked. Like, there's three for Callaway. There's, like, three for Titleist. There's, like, two for Nike. And then there's this other little tiny cardboard box that's about the size of a shoe box. All the others are milk crates. Milk, you know, milk cartons. Um, uh, milk crates? Milk crates? Yeah, they got the handles. They're plastic. They're big. And then there's this little tiny cardboard box, and it's got a couple of Nike balls in it. And me being the kind of... Uh, uh, what is it? Shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy. I just go up to the Nike box. I pick one out and I said, what's up with this ball? And they said, that's Tiger's ball. And I was like, I don't get it. How it's, and I went to the other Nike balls and I compared them and it was identical. There was no difference. I was like, how do you know the difference? And the guy goes, oh, well, Tiger's ball has a very imperceptible dot. I was like, what? And I looked at it, and indeed, there was literally, it was almost imperceptible. Like this little tiny, tiny dot. It was like from a ballpoint pen, or no, not even, like a felt tip pen. And it was like just like near the letters, and it was just this tiny, 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 super tiny dot. And they're like, that's Tiger's Ball. And I was like, no shit. I was like, whoa, can I have it? And they were like, no. And I put it in my pocket. And, uh, and then I left, and that night I had a meeting with uh, some people who hired me. And I told them the whole story. I was like, and then there's a dot on the ball. Can you believe it? This is like the craziest scoop ever. And they all sort of like didn't smile. And I was like, what? What's the matter? And they were like, we don't think that Nike would appreciate that information in the... Uh, eye of the consumer and I was like did you just become uh, Marlon Brando (laughs) and they were like one day I will call upon you that day may never come I can't do it I can't do it you know what we deserve though hang on I come to me and say I'm calling and give me justice you don't ask for respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me Godfather. Doesn't even call him Godfather. You said you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you 
On the day she's getting married. Murder. Yep, it's true. She suffers. I'm just trying to get to the big line here. How much should I pay you? Ooh, this is where it goes. Ready? One day. Jesus, Marlon taking his time with the line. He's just petting the cat. He's, oh, people are leaving the office. Oh, no, he's standing up now. Bonacera. Bonacera. Such a good scene. I hope one day I get to have this conversation. And the scum that ruined your daughter would be suffering this very day. And if by chance an honest man like yourself should make enemies, then he would become my enemies. That's so dope. My enemies. And then they will fear you. And they'll fear you. Yeah. What's up? Here we go. Be my friend. Oh boy. This is taking forever. I didn't mean for it to take this long. He's not even the one with the line. I thought he was going to say, you know. Someday. There we go. They may never come. I'll call upon you to do a service. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. That's so cool. Well, I have no idea how we got into that, but... Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember what we were talking about. Um, no idea how we got onto The Godfather. Anyway, um, yeah, so Akbar's clubs. I don't. I I basically was. You know, the the big part of the reason why I don't play with a full set of clubs is because I'm cheap and lazy. Um, I and I also feel like some of the best shots in golf are like. I mean, I can hit my 9-iron farther than my 8-iron if I want to, you know? Like, I think that's kind of the fun part of golf for me is like, is like, how can I mix up shots? So what's in my bag? I've got, I've got a Seymour putter that I kind of hate, but I actually putt the best with it. It's center shafted and I got a fat grip on it. It's a little long too, because I don't like to bend over too much because it's bad for my back. And then I got a uh, Callaway Epic driver. They gave it to me. Um... 9.0 sub zero with the uh, extra stiff. Uh, uh, can't remember which shaft it is. Uh, and then I got a Titleist uh, 917 three wood. Got that from a pro am for free. And um, and then I got no hybrids. I got a four iron. I play Mizuno JPX 900s. I paid for those. Top dollar. Um, I get a uh, KBS C taper light 120. With uh, tour wrap grips, one one or two wraps I can't remember. Those I got four, six, eight, nine pitch gap, and then I got uh, one fifty six degree wedge that I uh, kind of hate. Uh, it's got too much bounce, and I'm too lazy to get the one that's got no bounce because that's what I need to get a little more zip on the greens. Anyway, those are my ten clubs, and. Um, you know, I would say that we're a pretty functional extended family. We get along. We travel everywhere together. We do uh, have favorites. And, you know, that's that's it pretty much. Um, I, As far as lessons, talking about Dana Dahlquist being on the podcast, Dana, <clears throat> Dana was in the movie. He was in Be The Ball a lot because we were talking to him about 
how people will just jump to a lesson or a swing tip rather than addressing maybe a, a mental aspect to their game, um, even on up into the best golfers in the world. So Dana figured pretty prominently with all of his experience in the film, and he's just such a great guy. He really understands the physics of the golf swing, the biomechanics, uh, the, the the component of mental attitude and yeah i mean he's worked with some of the best golfers in the world so um i have taken lessons from dana when i first got into golf i took uh kind of like patchwork lessons here and there kind of kind of like i like if i went to a new city like i would go get it go to the dentist really quick i don't know why but i kind of did that with my golf games like i i would take lessons from all sorts of different people and i don't know i actually i'm going to go see dana this week and take a lesson because i I really, you know, when summer comes around, you start to get the bug. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to play golf. I want to play golf well. I want to shoot like mid low seventies. Like, I want to do. I want to shoot my best round this year. I want to get out there and I want to play well. Because you know, one of the things is like when we travel around and and shoot the show and and like so I go play. We played New South Wales. Like wonderful golf course. I don't know. I probably shot high eighties, but like I'm not gonna keep score that day because like I don't want any aspect of the day to be hindered with enjoy like I don't want my enjoyment to be at all muted by some type of like irrelevant number that no one gives a shit about like especially at a course that I've never played that's beautiful that's historic that is like I'm jet lagged and I haven't slept and I'm showing up to the tee 10 minutes before my tee time and I haven't hit the range and I'm not going to hit any putts like I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to put that on myself there but when I'm back in LA ooh I sharpen the knives. You know what I mean? I clean the grooves. I might give the clubs a bath. Who knows? You know, I'll get out there, put some new gloves in my bag, get a couple new balls, mark them up, mark them up out there, you know? Um, so I'm excited to be back and play some golf. I got a list uh, of people to play golf with. I'm excited. We're going to do a couple random, very random foursomes in the next couple weeks. And uh, I'll be setting that up. If you've got any thoughts, if you're in Hollywood, if you want to play golf, let me know. Give Snowball an email. Um, yeah, so I love lessons. I do. I I like. I think lessons go on too long. Like I I think for me a lesson could be six minutes. Give me one thing to work on and I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> actually, it's funny. Someone sent me a message about my swing and they said I take the club too far back. And my first reaction was like. My first reaction was like, uh, eh, what do you know? And then my second reaction was like, eh, he's right. <laughs> and then I played yesterday and I was like, I think I am taking the club too far back and you know, kind of like we're on ball position and like a little bit getting under it. Kind of missing both ways here. I'm hitting a push cut and a pull draw. Kind of need to work on that. Um, I played my best holes yesterday when I planned for a pull and I was just putting the ball in like I've, I had... I had a 340-yard drive, downhill, downwind. Give me a break, all right? Just give me a give me a break, all right? Just because it's downhill, downwind doesn't mean 340 is not a long way. But I belted it. High draw up the right side, came down left center, had uh, 95 yards. I hit just the stock sand wedge, zipped it in there to three feet, sank the putt. All of a sudden, I felt like I belonged on the PGA Tour for about eight and a half seconds. And then I walked on the next tee and hit a blocky block into the bunker and could not manage to get up and down from there. 
Another question on the on the old Instagram, walk to cart ratio. How much do I walk and how much do I ride? Well, that's a great question. Um, I try to walk more than I ride, um, you know, especially when I'm traveling. I really, I think walking is such a huge part of the game, you know, like not only for a guy like me, like I'm not the most active man in the room, you know, I'm not, um, you know, uh, what is it, Daniel Craig? I love Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, The Rock, Jeremy Renner, just all those dudes. That's my dream foursome right there. <laughs> that I finally figured it out. That's my dream force. Me, The Rock, Jeremy Renner, and Daniel Craig. <laughs> the three biggest action heroes of our time. Maybe throw in Tom Cruise for a fifth because I just have a couple questions about the science of it all. Um, so, so yeah, so I like to walk because it's a breath of fresh air. It's also really good for jet lag, you know. Um, it's just good for so many things. I, I think that you have, you're obviously at a disadvantage when you walk just because you're puffed out on a lot of hills, you know, but it's just the way to play, you know. You, you, I don't like the way the momentum changes when you're in a cart and you're like, it's like Pac Man, you know. I much prefer like Zelda, you know. Anyone, Zelda fans? Anyone? No? Sim City? No? Double Dragon. Hit me with some Double Dragon. I wonder if we can... Hang on. All right, so if any, you remember Double Dragon? So this game, I literally would like steal uh, the quarters in my parents' like penny jar or whatever, and I, we would go over to the arcade and play Double Dragon. If any of you remember Double Dragon, you're going to remember this. How good is this? Oh, this is making my palms sweat. This is literally making me, my palms are getting sweaty, getting ready to win the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Getting punched. Oh, this is like the, this is like the initial screen where they beat the girl up and take her away. And then me and my homie got to go get him back. Oh, punches. Oh, threw somebody. Man, I love Double Dragon. I mean, there's so many great video games. Like, what else? You know what I liked? Um, well, you know, I mean, there's a great one. Like, uh, I mean, this is just, this is actually just an instant classic. Oh, don't give me an ad. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, remix. This is a remix? What is this? Oh my God. This video has 5.6 million views. Oh, it's about to get hype. Seriously. If you're not like dancing wherever you are, I don't I don't know if we relate. Maybe we're different. Think about it. Just think about the song and think about that. It's like it's kind of like ska. I could literally listen to this for the next 20 minutes. How much time do we have? I don't know it. I don't know the words. Have I lost anybody yet? Anybody turn it off? Respect. So much respect. Fucking hell. All right. So, yeah, the Tiger Ball, I kept it. 
and um, I played golf with it, and I actually lost it in Palm Springs. I remember teeing it up, and I was like, I probably shouldn't hit this ball. And I did anyway, and uh, I had played with it for a few holes because I ran out of other balls, and I, I remember I announced to my foursome. Actually, I was playing with Julie Ellian, who is uh, a very well-known mental coach. She was worked with, uh, off the record, many of the greatest players on earth, uh, Mill Fickelson and uh, some other greats that I cannot name. But Julie, I played golf with her and her family. I played really well that day, too. So I was feeling like I could roast the Tiger ball. And I did. I roasted it onto a roof of uh, someone's house. And there it lies because I didn't want to go get it. Um, so, but anyway, as I told the, the PJ Tour guys, I was like, what we should do is do an episode where I cut the ball open and reveal that it's not the same ball that they're selling. And they were all like, yeah, that's not going to happen, Eric. Oh, that's how I got into The Godfather. It's because they godfathered me. They were like, you're not even my friends. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, so, well, anyway, yesterday I went to go play golf, and I walked the front nine, and then I took a card on the back. Because I played El Cab, El Caballero. Because uh, at Wilshire, they got the Macbeth going on, which is like the um, the biggest tournament of the year that I didn't do this year because I was traveling, but it's definitely one of the highlights of the, uh, you know, of the, what the, what the country club puts on and the membership puts on. And it's so cool. I went over there today and, um, or yesterday and saw a few holes played and yeah, it's just such a good vibe. Like I, I, I like all types of golf, man. I like when people care. I like when people don't care. I like it all. I really do. There's a place at the table for all of us out there. All of us have a place at the table to play golf, you know? So let's do that. Let's do that. Um, you know, I wanted to admit something to you guys. I was very excited to come home. Main reason, obviously a big a big one is my dog, but I think the main reason is I like my sheets on my bed. Don't worry, it's not an ad. I'll, you'll know when it's an ad. I will make it very clear. But I just, I just thought I would say this to you because I never thought I would be the kind of guy who has linen sheets on the bed. And there I was, uh, sitting in an RV with uh, two other grown men who both smelled like shit. And um, I just was like, I want to be home in my linen sheets. And, you know, here I am. I'm that guy. And, um, you know, the thing about linen sheets is you would think that they'd be very uncomfortable. But it's kind of like a beer. You know, it takes a while to get used to it. you got to adjust to the flavor. And then all of a sudden the linen becomes, you, you just feel, every, every time you get in bed, I'm in Morocco. And the good good part of Morocco, not the not the shitty part. Um, so anyway, I just thought I'd let you know. Linen sheets. I don't know. I'm feeling it. Uh, one of my exes was like, let's get linen sheets. And I was like, are you crazy? I don't want them. And I kind of secretly hated them for a long time. But I think that had more to do with our relationship than the actual texture of the linen. And anyway, I, I now have linen sheets. And I got them. Uh, you can get them pretty cheap, guys. You know, you can go out. There. I'm not going to tell you where I got mine because that would be... Uh, I don't know. I mean, get them local. That's what I'll say. They make linen sheets, you know. I don't know. If you're a guy out there and you want to make your lady feel nice, try it. I'm just saying. Try it. You go out there, pick up some linen sheets. You don't need the duvet cover. That's a waste of time. Just get the fitted sheet and get the flat sheet 
and get the pillowcases. I don't know how many pillows you sleep with. I need three or four personally to myself. I do one between the legs. I do one between my arms, one under my head. And then if I'm really feeling it, I do one under my left wrist so that it doesn't fall backwards, thus kind of overextending my already uh, potentially dangerous golfer's elbow. So, and then I, once I get into that position, I usually have snowball tape me up so I don't move. Um, man, that would be great if you could actually do that. Um, I think I am done. Well, everybody, remember the fairways of life are tight, but not if your eyes are closed. Have a great week. I'm looking forward to sharing all sorts of great guests. Oh, and one more thing. I have a bunch of stuff here, right? Like people send me a bunch of cool stuff. I got a head cover. I got some golf shirts. I got some socks. I even might have a pair of shoes. Uh Uh-oh. I might even have some golf clubs. So I've got a lot of cool stuff, and I wanted to think about how best to give it away. If you have any ideas on how to do that, uh, let me know. I mean, the truth is, I just want to give it away to whoever deserves it, wants it, wins it, would value it the most. So if you have any ideas about how best to stage these uh, these giveaways, like, dude, it's for you. So you think about it, you know, and if you don't want the shit, then great. You don't have, then you literally don't care. So that's even better. If you do want the shit, just let me know and we can uh, set that up. Um, everybody, I'm looking at the calendar ahead and I see a lot of brilliant opportunities out there, even though mostly the calendar's blank. That's ironic. And it's out of order. It goes May, July, June. Uh, Amira, uh, what have you been doing? (laughs) Man, enjoy your week. I really hope that, um, I hope that you're hit with some awesomeness and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.